these, what this team did was the beginning step of that whole process. What happens is people come to Jesus, and we have now the, the, a group that's going to form a church, and then I was there to build a building, but I've never been in on the phase you guys are a part in. We just to see people kneeling at the foot of the cross, so to speak, and receiving Jesus as Savior so that other people have to follow and build churches so that they have a place to go. We're just excited to hear you share today. We'll just let you pass this mic around. I guess that's a, I don't know what we're going to do with that. We'll let um, Chad and Dave help you back there. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Good morning. We're very excited to see everyone here. And before we begin, I would like to introduce you to Way Lamoureux. She is our Colorado District um, Missions President, and she's going to say a word. Thank you. Um, I was all set to go on the mission trip to Panama and um, got all my uh, yellow fever shot and... um, Got bought all kind of bug spray and everything to go. And then the Thursday before we were going to leave on Wednesday, my mother-in-law passed away. And so I, I made a really difficult decision to stay home with my family and to be with them that I thought was the right decision to do. Um, but I believe that the Lord knew all of that, that the Lord knew that that was going to happen. And um, he provided uh, Pastor Scott Carranza to go in my place. And um, I think that it worked out well for him to be there. He was able to speak Spanish and to translate for them a little bit. So I think that I think that worked out. I couldn't have done that at all. But on behalf of the Colorado District um, Nazarene Missions International, we really want to just say thank you to you all, um, to your church, because I know how you have sacrificed in um, prayer, and oh, by the way, you don't only have to pray at church, so that's good. Um, prayer, um, educating, which is what's happening here today, with discipling and providing opportunities for young people to come to know the Lord and to, and to serve Him, and educating um, in, in missions and in giving. And so thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you so much for your time and for what you have done to help people come to the Lord. So thank you. Welcome. We're excited to share the Colorado District Jesus Film and Panama Boat Project. We were there March 1st through the 8th. It was a trip filled with energy for sharing Jesus to the Kuna and Chacoa indigenous Indian tribes through the Jesus Film and through children's activities. Next, please. I might have trouble reading this. Okay. We have several thank yous before we begin. First, to our church board for giving us contributions that helped with our immunizations as well as allowing us to purchase more donations. We all had to have yellow fever, malaria, typhoid, many things because of the area where we traveled. Our church family gave tons of donations. We had school supplies, toothbrushes, stickers, um, cash that we were able to use for a project. Emma Bell Bowden and Bob Evans for contributions towards a sewing machine project. Joanne will tell you about that in a few minutes. Leroy and Helen Swenson for purchasing a set of Jesus Film Equipment. It's a portable backpack equipment that's carried into these areas. Bethany and A.J. Nittman for transportation to and from the airport. Bethany had to get up at 3 in the morning, pick us all up, 
drop us off, go home to three kids, and she worked that day and, and did it with a big smile on her face, let me tell you. Also, I don't have on there, but my daughter Jenny Alexi for helping with the PowerPoint. Sorry, Dylan. And... Um, <laughs> and to um, Chad Talley for helping us get this formatted, which was a, a little bit of a chore. Next slide, please. We want to show you a teeny bit of the packing day before we went on the trip. As a team, we met monthly, and we had dinners together. We went through directions and just things. And then the last day, we met to pack. On the left there, you'll see Joanne Bob and Monty opening up hundreds of toothbrushes. And on the other side, they're looking at salvation hats. And Kathy came and helped with that also. Next slide, please. We had to pack all of our own, whatever we needed for the whole time, in a carry-on. Because they used all the check-in bags for the donations. So here we are, and you can see some of the donations. Soccer balls and school supplies. And and one cool thing that I have not seen on a mission trip before is they used five-gallon buckets for a lot of the donations. Packed that, put the lid on, put two of those into a duffel bag, took it, and then those buckets were used for a billion things from carrying supplies to I saw them making hot cereal for Bible school in one. So it was a pretty neat new idea. Okay, next slide, please. There we are, 5 a.m., says Panama, here we come, and there's our team. Oh, sorry, I'm going to back up one second. On the last slide, I, you don't have to go back, but I had Wayla, I had you in there because I was going to say, even though she didn't get to come with us, she came to every meeting up to there, and she even came to the packing day when she knew she wouldn't be able to attend the trip. So that was pretty cool. Okay. There's our team at the airport. Um, I'm going to now introduce you just quickly to the members of our team so you can maybe put some faces and names together. John Bruno is our Colorado District Work and Witness Coordinator. He plans a trip a year. His wife, Kathy, and son, Paul, came. Cool little story about them. Paul and John went last year. Paul wanted his mom to get to go. They felt like she didn't have the money. She had just retired, was helping with a sick father. And, and so Paul works at a King Supers, and he raised all the money for his fare as well as for his mom to go. Next slide. This is Angela Maldonado and her son Caleb. She is the Jesus Film Coordinator for the Mesoamerica region, and she also went with us. Next. This is Pastor Scott. He is the pastor of our compassionate ministry site for our area, for our district. And he filled in with a couple-day notice for Wayla. And on the left side, he's sitting on the edge of a boat. On the right side, he just became a godfather to a baby. He, um, he said he'd never talked to the person. He doesn't know why, but, but he was selected and he stepped up to the task. Pastor Scott's a lot of fun to travel with, but he always calls everyone sister or brother. He never, ever uses anything else. But you can tell it was a tiring trip. And one night he was exhausted, and at dinner he says, please pass the brother, Pepper. So, <laughs> okay, next slide. This is Ed Battinger. He does lots of house building in the Honduras, and he has also traveled to Panama before. And as you see, he's with the kids there. Next slide. This is Don Herrick, and Don joined us today, and he'll be coming up a little bit later. And we got a picture of him with the gal for the sewing machine project you'll hear about, and also at the Kuna Village. 
Now, this is your Longmont people. So here is Bob Evans. We have little fish in the background of that border, if you can see it. And Bob has new celebrity. He is a literal, and I'm not joking. <laughs> he is the dancing star in Panama. And you'll see a little about that soon. <laughs> okay, next slide. Here is Joanne. Joanne had not been on a mission trip except for a Gallup trip before. And on this trip, they said, you've got to really be flexible. And, you know, Joanne, you would think she had been on 100. She walked in like it was just, you know, like she had done it every day. It was fun. The picture on the right, she's, that is a pig on that leash. She might get to tell you about that in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> And there's Monty, and he has binoculars in the one picture, and kids loved, loved the binoculars. Next. And there I am. On the left side, our bus was having to go through a spot without us on it, so we were off <laughs> taking some pictures. And the other side, we're on the bus riding. Okay, next. This team. There's a team in, in some countries, I know in Guatemala, I guess, and in Panama, that they have a team on the ground. This team is called Maxima Mission, but they're like the Jesus film team on the ground to meet with us. They're all Panamanian. They volunteer their time. They raise their own money. I figured they couldn't do that because they're help. I mean, they're working the whole time. They raise all their own money. They range in age. There were some teens up to in the 30s. We thought at the beginning they were all kids. They just had so much energy and seemed so young. They were not. There was a lawyer in the group. There was a pastor and wife in the group. Um, from students in the group. Let me tell you a little few of the things they did that I jotted down. They hauled all of our luggage. They hauled all the supplies. They purchased all the food for lunches. We never even saw them do it. I don't know when they did it, when we were sleeping. They prepared the lunches. They purchased and prepared the snacks for VBS. They led the music and taught the actions. They set up the Jesus film. They shared the film. They were the ones that gave the salvation message at the end of the film. They teamed up with us for VBS. They wouldn't get on that bus if we weren't on in seats. They wouldn't touch a drop of food till they knew the Colorado team had eaten. And it wasn't just age, because we had a couple younger people in our group. They were just truly the ultimate host. Their energy and enthusiasm never faded. The rest of us might have struggled a time or two, but theirs did not fade. They, um, they kept things at quite a level. We're going to show a quick video clip um, this is Pastor Scott, but watch it. It shows the whole trip. On the bus. This guy could find a drum anywhere.
the boat dedication Bob will talk about in a minute. Yep, even on the boat. <laughs> That's a new super Panama Canal opened eight months. There you are, Don. <laughs> I just have two more introductions that I'll do. Um, next slide. On the left side, Pastor Amable was really in charge of the entire trip, and he was in charge of that group. He said the first time he traveled with that group, he kind of had to you know, do everything. I never saw him ever give a direction or say a word. They, they had it down. They knew what they were doing. An interesting quick thing, Monty and I traveled to Panama about three years ago for, for New Year's Eve, just on a spur of a moment. And when we got to the airport, I posted on Facebook, heading to Panama. And we had missionary friends from Nicaragua that just happened to be in Panama. They picked us up. We had dinner. Then they said, we have a work and witness team coming in tomorrow. Would you like to meet them? We said, sure. So we went to their work and witness site with them the next day. And we realized when we were going on this trip, the pastor of the church we visited then was Pastor Amable at his church in Samaria. So a small Nazarene world. The district superintendent, Carlos de la Cruz, was with us. The guy on the left a few times. And next slide. Um, this couple, Bernie and Rhonda Slingerland, are from Denver First Church. They are in charge of many things in the area. He is in charge of all the evangelistic work, and she is in charge of finances. And I think that's over all of Mesoamerica. They'll be here this summer. They're coming to our district convention, and they're possibly coming to visit us at our church. You can do it, Monty. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joanne. Uh, and I just want to say that this trip was just fantastic. Um, not having been on one before, I learned an awful lot. But in this picture, you're going to see that there was a sewing machine project that we did. And there were two sewing machines that were actually donated. And we put them in carry-on bags. And we checked them in. And we actually got them over to Panama. But anyway, um, the girl in the white... Um, I'm just going to read this real quick. So another exciting thing that the Colorado District Churches did was raise money for a sewing machine. Missionary Rhonda Slingerland had shared the need of a Venezuelan refugee family that needed income during their visa process in Panama. So the Colorado Churches responded exceedingly with $900 and two sewing machines. Yuxani Dayarla? I'm not sure how to say it. Yuxani is the one in the white. So she was given one of the sewing machines, and we let her pick the one that she wanted um, so that she can teach the other ladies and the ministry, and then they are going to be able to use these sewing machines to make clothing, um, sew crafts, and kind of be self-sustaining that they can sell this, um, these um, gifts that they're going to be making. So anyways, everybody from Colorado helped pitch in. God bless you, because we were able to fit a need. Okay, and next slide. Now it's you. All right, there we go. All right, we wanted to share a little bit of the uh, traveling aspect of the trip. Um, as you look at this, the map, Colorado, or Denver, is right at the bottom of the sea, right behind Denver. We traveled through Houston, 
was about a two-hour flight to Houston, and then from Houston to Panama City. Panama City uh, is a four-and-a-half-hour flight from Houston, so we were flying for a little over six hours. Next slide. This is our mode of travel at, in, uh, in, in Panama, and that bus is a, it's a beautiful bus, very modern. They even had a little uh, microphone and speaker throughout the bus so that, that uh, whoever was in front could communicate to the back. That was in raucous song most of the time. And joyous song. It was a joyous feeling on that bus. It, it was just wonderful. The, the local uh, group, Maximum Mission, uh, had a, uh, well, the pastor would sing out a phrase. And in the back of the bus, along with drumming with pop bottles and whatever else they could beat against the rails on the band and whatever else, was a response of, of, that, of that song. And it, it just was... It was just this wonderful feeling everywhere we went. And, and uh, so the bus has a capacity of 30 people. We had the 30 people capacity for two trips from the airport to our hotel and from our hotel to the airport. Otherwise, there was about 40 people on the thing. <laughs> and they were sitting in seats and sitting on laps. And, and it was just uh, uh, laying in the middle of the aisle in the front of the bus and standing by the door. And, it, you know, so uh, it, it was... Uh, it was a packed house all the time everywhere we went. The boat on the right side is the boat we traveled on Lake Bayano with. Now, the boat doesn't look like much, does it? I mean, you can kind of see the scale of the people. That boat was about 35 feet long. That's about as long as from, from here, almost most of the way back of the, of the uh, uh, seating area here. And, and it held almost 40 people. Now, there wasn't a lot of water, there space between the gunwale and the water level, okay? It was sitting down there pretty good. And people had a tendency to move about a little bit, so it was rocking. Everybody's going, oh. But in the end, it turned out to be really a, a pretty darn good uh, uh, stable boat to be taken across this lake. And, and they, the first time we were on it, we had to sit in the bottom of the boat and went out to the village and and miraculously seats appeared while we were there. So there were seats, there was seating across the boat. It was about four feet wide. And it turned out to be a real good way to get to and from the, the villages we visited. Next slide. <coughs> this is a tip picture of the hotel we stayed in. It's in Torti, Panama. The Hotel was very nice. It was very inexpensive, uh, so inexpensive that the uh, maximum mission group that would normally uh, tent and stay just out in the country actually were able to have rooms and stay with us there. That was very clean and very nice. A um, little rustic, but but a nice place to stay. The map on the on the right, you see Panama City is circled here. Here's Torti where we went. Now. We got to looking at the map on this, and from Panama City toward Costa Rica, there's a road system. You see roads on the map, and you see all this stuff. From Panama City toward where we were, it was just a dotted line, one little dotted line, and there were no road maps and no nothing to really show you where you're going. So at some point, we were kind of way out, way out there, you know, and kind of in the country. This This slide... When we, when we got there, uh, the second day we were going out to Acuna Village, and we came up to uh, a turnoff off the road, and there was a big sign on the side that said, kind of said, you know, the only way you can get in here is with the Acuna Indians. This is a reserved uh, private area. Uh, there's special fish farms going on for tilapia and that kind of thing, but we went in anyway, right? Well, here's the, here's the Pan America Highway right here. 
This little bare spot is where we saw the selfie pictures that they were taking. And we went through about two miles or three miles of jungle to this little spot, and that's where we embarked out onto the Lake Bayano from on the boat rides. And you can see, here's our bus on that road. So there were some shaky places in there as we went through. Next slide. This is an aerial view of the two villages, the Kuna villages that we traveled to out on the lake. The smaller one on the right, you see the red roof up toward the top there. That's a school that was built in that village. The other village on the right is the larger village, Kuna village that we went to. It had a population of, a pretty good population of people there. Next slide. This is the whole general area. area. This is Lake Bayano. And it's a huge man-made lake there. This is that spot I pointed out where we left on the boat. And the one village is way to the top left, and the other village is kind of center. And we took boat rides out on that back and forth in our boat. Um, one of the natives said that there's crocs in that lake that are about as big as that boat. I had my water, I had it in the water for a little bit, right? <laughs> Anyway, we were trying to fish a little, and it was funny because I had a little wiggly, little wiggly plastic thing on my fishing lure. We didn't do it for maybe 20 minutes, a couple different places. But whatever's in that lake just bites that thing right off. But clean, clean off. You know, fish around here, they'll nibble at it, but they don't bite it clean off. So that kind of had me thinking. <laughs> you know, we're in Panama. Uh, and, and we were going out to a village that, uh, closer, uh, more toward, uh, toward Colombia. And these roads become more primitive as you go toward Colombia. And they still have, uh, this is a military checkpoint that we had to go through. And we were on the bus, and the, and the bus driver had to get out and meet with the, uh, with the, with the guy that's standing watch there. And he actually came on the bus and checked numerous passports and, and checked us over, you know, and, but uh, there was no, never any feeling of a danger or anything like that or, or, or any kind of fear for personal safety or anything. But it was very interesting to, to see that. And there were a couple different places that we encountered that. Next slide. And on to you, Bob. Um, I, need to, I need to start with some thank yous, uh First off, I need to thank our, our father, man, for what an awesome, awesome experience. Um, truly blessed. And then uh, I need to thank my wife, Kathy. Um, I've been doing a lot, couple mission trips, and she hasn't been able to get involved with it. And she's always had my back. And I love you for that, Kathy. And then... Uh, I gotta say thank you to the Swinsons. I mean, he's a man of action, Lee Swinson. Helen too. Um, you talk about a heart for mission. Wow. And to know that by them providing that Jesus film, man, they're gonna touch souls for generations. And I'm very thankful for you. Thank you. Okay, uh, I should have brushed up on my Spanish before we went. Poquito, like, poquito. Very, very little. And they were teaching us in the, in the bus, 
they were going back and forth teaching us Spanish. I didn't catch on till the last day. <laughs> and I was always hoping, Pastor Scott, where are you at? My translator. Um, one of the one of the things they were teaching us was, uh, okay, here we go. Aquí está estoy, aquí está estoy, contesta, aquí está estoy. Do you know what that means? Renados. Here I am. Here I am. And uh, it just happened, normally I was like in the middle of the bus. And for some reason, God tugged on me to sit up towards the front. And the, the kids were singing these Spanish songs, and they got done with one. And I, I found myself sitting there singing, This is the day, this is the day that the Lord... And Juan, the, the bus driver, he handed me the mic. <laughs> so they got they got a little bit of this is the day that the Lord has made and uh, I think they enjoyed that okay next we got a video to show you and I guess uh, I guess maybe before you start this video um, see there again Because my Spanish was so lousy, I asked God, how am I going to show your love to these people? And God said, you don't have to show your love just by language. You can show your love in all kinds of different ways. And for me, it was dancing. I shook a leg, and the little kids started laughing. I shook another leg. The Kuna women in the back, they're smiling. And the chief said, you know, some of them women haven't smiled in a long time. So I'm glad I was able to put a smile on somebody's face. Okay, now I'm sorry. Yeah, they had uh, they had four songs that we would do little dance routines to, and this is it.
Vamos, Colorado. Yeah, that's some more of the dancing, I believe. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Yep. We need to go. Uh, keep going. One more. There we go. Don, we're each just going to share... Um, just a quick memory each about the Chicoy people, um, an indigenous group that the Nazarene Church is just beginning to work with. And um, Joanne's going to, oh, you got, will that one work? 
Testing, testing. She'll do the first memory. So anyway, the people out there are just um, very wonderful. And when we got there, um, one of the things that I kind of noticed is that um, mostly, here, I'm going to give you this one. Mostly, um, it's the women and the children who actually are the main worshipers in their family. And they would come from long, long miles and miles and sometimes walk there or ride a horse or whatever it took for them to get there. Um, and they showed up. So it was, it was just really pretty neat. Where you do hobbler monkeys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so on, the, on that side. So we all went to this one little village, and, and, and services were being held in a, in a little hut tent right there. Well, as we were getting there, we heard this really weird, loud growl. I mean, and it, and it was scary. And they told us it was howler monkeys. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> exactly. So what do we do? So what do we do? Well, we don't run to service. We run down the hill over to the howler monkeys. And I think, I think Don got some good pictures of them that we'll see soon. But anyways, um, that was kind of, kind of a treat. But that noise, I'll tell you what, people who have to walk at night, be careful. <laughs> My memory is we have the service. It was at a home. You see a tarp and the benches. But later in the day, people kept talking about the temple that was built. And I finally tapped Monty and I said, I I think I missed something. I I didn't see the temple. And he's like, the tarps. Oh, I I did see the temple. We were sitting kind of in the back, back there on a row. And there's a lot of young boys in front of us. And I see two turn. And their eyes are huge. Then like four turn, and their eyes are just big. Then like eight, and I'm thinking, you know, we had just been to see the howler monkey, so I'm thinking like some wild animal. I turn, I don't see anything. I look way up, and you could just see a torrential rain just moving. It was so fast. I tapped Monty, said, rain. We stepped forward over the next row, and it hit that fast. And it just slammed down. There wasn't a hesitation in that service. Nobody stopped talking. The people outside of the tarp just stood right there and got drenched. It lasted just about five minutes. And then we go to sit back down, and I'm thinking, well, everything's all wet. And I was going to look for something to sit on. But the people there have done this before. It wasn't their first time. They just flipped their boards over, and they had a dry board right on the other side. So that was kind of cool. You're doing, do you want to do Don, and then you're doing yeah. the service? Any memory? You save that for the Kuna. Okay. Okay, so in each ship. Yeah, I've never seen a Church of the Nazarene. It was just a, well, I think it was four or five pieces that made the roof of that, uh, whatever it was that was there. But they were exciting people. They just loved being there and just being involved with everything that's going on there. And they just had a good time with us, too. And I found that that was probably the most interesting thing or uh, that just they just kind of just cared about you and uh, we're kind of down here in some sense trying to be part of uh, a blessing to them but uh, they just kind of hang on and just do it do it right back to us in their own little special way but it's just They've, what has been spoken of is of the uh, different types of things that have uh, have uh, ex- we've all been uh, really responsive to, and and uh, I just 
simply find the, the kids more than anything, just the, the ones that just tend to really, really get into you. I, uh, like Bob, I guess we got in on the animated part of the, the trip. <laughs> and, uh, I've done moves that I will not do on this continent. So, and, uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of fun. Bob got into singing a little bit. I got into sound effects. I can't speak Spanish either, but uh, they do like this. They do like they do like this kind of stuff. But they like this, and uh, they just find that just terribly funny. And uh, and uh, and they don't forget you after that either. Too. They kind of they uh, they find you a friend right away, and that's the that's the thing I like. They don't have any problem coming up and. Bang in your tree. All right. All right. The service that uh, that we were able to uh, share there with the with the people in this location was conducted by the district superintendent, uh, Carlos de la Cruz, and. Our bus driver had been on numerous trips. I mean, he had been on a couple other trips and brought people around to help show the Jesus film. And and this was a, a very inspirational service. And the DS was, uh, you know, able to uh, express the love of Jesus and and the salvation message in such a way that something like thirty. 30 young men from the back came forward first. And some of the, and, and these were, you know, 20 somethings, right? You don't see that very often. And particularly in, in Central America, in, in our travels in Nicaragua and most of the other locations we were at, there weren't many young men present. And, and that was very, very inspirational to me to see that. And, and then at the point that, uh, our, our bus driver Juan also joined them. That, that was a powerful moment when he and and it was and it was like me standing next to Joanne. All right, here here's here's our bus driver with his hand up, professing his faith in Jesus, and here's all the young men from Nicaragua, little young guy or little short guys, you know, that were or Panama. I'm sorry, I get confused. So uh, you know that was that was a time that was uh, uh, very inspirational. We had 30, 30 children and forty two adults that uh, uh, expressed their faith in Jesus that day. Okay, and then after the service... Okay, after the service, uh, we were asked to... Uh, to go to a piece of the property that we found out that the family that where we were at, they donated the land for the Church of the Nazarene. And uh, we prayed over the land and we, we prayed blessings upon the family. And, and uh, we sang, uh, we are standing on holy ground. And you could definitely feel that, that that's what was happening and we were on holy ground. Praise the Lord. This is off. 
Okay, where are we at here, Renee? Okay, here we are. Oh, I got two different things going on here. Where are we at? Was it this end? This was the... Well, are we that far? Yep. We're at the boat? No. Oh, hey, we're at the, we're at the boat. <laughs> and this was, this was kind of neat. This was a, I, I vision Lee Swenson when I, when I see this Pastor Bloss here. He, uh, he had a vision and he saw it through. Well, Take that back. He passed away before he saw the fruits of it, you know. But uh, he wanted to reach the the Kunais, and the only way to do it was by boat. And he had a vision back in the nineties to do that. And uh, let's see here. It says the the boat project was born out of a dream of Pastor Bloss, who originally worked at the Panama Canal. He was a layman who became a pastor. He had a special heart for the Kunai people and did outreach and establish relationships with them in the 1990s, having a special heart for children, kind of like you, Don. Since many of these villages were only accessible by boat, transportation was always an issue. Pastor Boss went on to heaven before seeing the boat project come to fruition. The need for the boat was shared during the 2016 Colorado District trip to Panama. The team decided to donate surplus funds from their trip to go towards the boat. And the children of Colorado got together and they needed to share that through the Colorado District NMI Council during the summer of 2016. The original goal was uh, 5000 and the district raised 7000 which helped purchase a uh, 40 horsepower motor. Okay, on March 5th, 2017, we were able to participate in the boat dedication on the shores of Lagubano. They were estimated to be over 100 people that were there for the dedication, including Plaster Blas' wife and family, Panamanian DS Carlos de la Cruz, people from local congregations, Acuna tribe chief, missionary Rhonda Sillinger, and local community onlookers, the ceremony was a very moving experience as the vision and the purpose were shared with prayer and singing. All who wanted took inaugural rides in the boat singing, We will all be fishermen of men, yes, fishermen of men, yes, fishermen of men. That is exactly what the boat will be used for, for his fishing excursions. Amen. We believe hundreds of thousands of people will be brought to Jesus' love through the boat project. You can just go through the next couple pictures are just out at the boat. Everybody got an inaugural ride. And there's maybe one more. That's me, the chief. Oh, oh, back it up. We've got to back it up. That's a Kuna chief who stood way by himself. They were shocked that he came because he wasn't even sure he was going to let us stay when we were in the village. And, in fact, he came to the dedication. He stood way to the side. But he rode with the Colorado group on the ride. And then he asked the team to come meet with him about building a church there. Oh. 
We're each going to just share one quick memory also about the Kuna people. Well, in this picture, they, they are very ornate. Everything they wear is beautiful, beautiful colors. Um, and you'll notice on the slide, they, they wear these beaded um, leg, leggings and also on their arms. And what they do is, it's very laborious, I'm sure, but they take a strand of beads like this and wrap and wrap and wrap and wrap and stitch these on their legs. These don't come off. That's what you're seeing there. Um, we got to sit and, and watch them do some, some bracelets. Um, Renee had this bracelet sewed on her, and so that's how long it was, and it just wrapped around her arm um, a few times. But it's really pretty neat. Do you want to show the clothes while we're on this slide? Oh, yeah. Um, this is only going to be the second time in my life I've done this, so... <laughs> 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 quite how this works. <laughs> I think it's kind of something like this. And this is their traditional dress. I'm the wrong flavor to wear this, but. <laughs> <laughs> and the mole, this is uh, a little different uh, shape than the more traditional one, and it's kind of garbed up like this, it could also be laid on, on the back. They just keep sewing different types of patterns and very ornate things around it, and they get material and they make nice. It's the women that do this, you know. They wear nice fluffy blouses and things of that nature. And can I show you this too. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob is going to talk about the kids. Okay, and what I the big thing I noticed with the Kunai people was that the, the kids looked out for each other. I mean, no one got left behind. No one, no one uh, got trampled over. No one. When we were handing out the the hats, they made sure, even from the smallest, even to the ones that were out playing soccer, they they seemed to come around about that time. But everybody wanted a hat, and uh, I thought it was just really neat how a four-year-old could be carrying a two-year-old. And it was not uncommon. Should we skip it? Mine's kind of a crazy one. I asked Monty if I should skip it. I know we're coming up on time and we have two more big parts. But um, before we left the village, I asked if I could use a bathroom somewhere. Because we were going to be going on a boat ride for a few hours and then a bus ride for a few hours. And there's not such a thing. So somebody said, sure. and, and, And we tried to explain that. You know, we were looking, because the other Kona village actually had a flush toilet, so we were hoping for something similar. But these people led me down this path, and I followed, came to this place outside, and they, they had pretty good blankets or coverings on three sides, and then they ran and got a sheet for the front for us. <laughs> no top. And it was just ground. There was no hole. There was no nothing. It was just the ground. And I had quite a line of people watching, <laughs> waiting for me to come out. So I, I, I finally come out, and Monty is yelling from wherever he's like, are you shopping? <laughs> because there were so many people. No, I, I'm not shopping. <laughs> and he did the last one. <laughs> well, we had, we had such an uh, eye-opening experience going to those villages. The, uh, it was our National Geographic moment. Uh, if you think about it, and, and you've seen in the pictures, and this one on the 
on the right in particular. These were uh, pole buildings with grass-thatched roofs and a dirt floor. And, and hammocks hanging between the structural members of the, of, the, of the buildings, of the homes. And that's what they have. There, there's no extra motors. There's no extra stuff laying around. There's, what they have is, is that little bit, and, and they are happy to live that way. Uh, the Kuna men, there's, you know, it's a subsistence living. Um, we had little fishing poles, right? I talked about fishing. They don't have any fishing poles. But who needs a fishing pole? They dive in the lake and spear great big tilapia, and 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 that's how they and 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 it's right there. It's easy to get. It's plentiful, and they have all the, all the food they need. So I thought that was pretty neat. Okay, next up uh, was Operation uh, Christmas Child. This community where we were at, uh, I'm going to say probably 80% of the people were shoeless. And uh, we, put, we put the kids down in, in lines by age. And I, I swear, Marilyn, I wish you could experience what we experienced. Uh, I mean, a little four-year-old girl, she opened her box. And I will never forget. She started crying. She, she, she pulled out a pair of pink Crocs. She had shoes to wear. And she was... She felt so blessed, and she it blessed me. She blessed me like you wouldn't believe by seeing the the love that these kids have for something so simple. You know, we we do take everything for granted. We we are some spoiled people, very spoiled. Um, yeah, everybody needs to to just see the the Holy Spirit working amongst this shoebox. It was very, very touching. Something I'll always take with me. Okay, so while we were there, we did um, vacation Bible school um, for all of the kids, uh, different, different age groups. And so we did what were called salvation bracelets and the hats. And the bracelets are very simple with these colors. And all of the hats, and I'll show you. All of the hats are of the same color theme. <laughs> Pretty nice. <laughs> so anyways, we, we, they have little packets of um, supplies. And so what we did was, in, in Spanish, a translator has taught him this, um, we showed him how to make these. And the symbols, there's the brown, which is the leather, stands for the cross that Jesus died on. The black bead is um, sin that separates us from God. Um, and no one is perfect, and that's out of Romans 3.23. The red is the blood of Jesus that took away all of our sins. And that's 1 John 1, 7. The blue one is for faith. Our faith. And faith in God. And that came out of Galatians 2.16. The white one is for clean and forgiveness. 
and, and that we have been forgiven. As Psalms 51.7. The green one is for us to grow in faith. And that's 1 Corinthians 3.6. And the yellow is heaven will be ours. And that came from John 14.2.3. All of the kids got these. And there for a while, we noticed that, um, well, there really weren't very many men. Um, at one of the places, the men actually came. And they wanted a bracelet. And so I helped them make their bracelets and put them on them. Um, next slide. Next one. Next slide. There we go. All right. So along with doing bracelets, we had um, coloring papers. And so the kids would all line up, and we would give them, like, a marker each. And after a little while, we'd switch it out. Well, one of the little boys that was sitting there, he grabbed his little marker, and he looked at me and smiled. And so I gave him another one, and he hid it underneath his leg. <laughs> so I'd go around, and I'd swap out little markers, and I'd look at him, and he'd hand me his. He'd take it out from his leg. I'd give him another one. He'd hide another little one. <laughs> so anyways, he was precious um, doing his coloring. And then uh, the next slide. We also took a parachute, um, and they play parachute games where they would just flap them, and the kids would run underneath, and they'd get caught. Um, we also put the soccer balls on there, and, uh, you know, they'd catch the balls and stuff like that. So it was really pretty fun for them to do that. And then, let's see. The last one, they're doing some stickers. We gave them some sticker books. And one of the places they had a little bouncy machine. And the question was, why didn't we take that bouncy machine with us everywhere? And the answer was, we couldn't get an air pump in there. So it's run off of electricity, so we were able to use it at that one place. Um, but all the kids had fun. One of the things, there was a point where um, Pastor Scott was, had that little baby. Well, one of those hats was so tiny that I knew it wasn't going to go to anybody, so I kept it in my backpack. And I was thinking, I guess I'll take it home. Well, when that baby got dedicated, it fit, and I put the hat on the baby. So it was really pretty special. Um, Okay, that's it. Next. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about the Jesus Film presentations. Um, the, uh, of course, the mission that we shared, and this is part of what we were hoping to be able to do as we went, was sharing God's love with the lost to help fulfill the Great Commission, which is the mission itself. And then the vision of that is to reach as many hearts and lives as possible with the redemptive and transformational power of Jesus Christ. And... Uh, it turned out to be uh, exactly what we did. The team here is, is shown with the equipment. This is the backpack that has been condensed to. That used to be a very uh, cumbersome, heavy, very difficult uh, setup to move. You know, and if you can imagine, think about the old uh, type projectors and how big they were and what kind of power and lighting that they needed. Uh, it was a very difficult thing to be able to take that Jesus film out and really share it with people because of the just the difficulty of getting it there. It's been condensed into this small backpack here. Uh, as you can see, there's a, a little small lightweight tripod that goes with it. That's the actual uh, uh, projection equipment on it. it. Has the solar powered or the solar battery charger, and, and as Joanne just mentioned, only one place that we went to had electricity. 
You know, so that, so we had to have something like this to be able to share with people. Next slide. The uh, four areas that we showed the Jesus film were the Kuna Akiyala, Akiyala Church. That's a little tongue twister for you. The Kuna Tabardi Village, uh, the Chikawa Home Showing at Tres Piedras, and the Gandhi Kuna Village. The Akiyala Church had 78 children and three adults that made decisions for Christ. The Tabardi Church had 33 children and two women that made decisions for Christ. At uh, Tres Piedras, uh, this is the Chicoa tribe, 20 adults and 15 children came forward for Christ. And at the Gandhi Kuna Village, and this was the big one, it, they list 127 children that came to know the Lord. Now, I know for a fact that this young man, this man that I have here on the right and the woman in front of him, I believe they did too. I don't know how they missed him in the counting, but the man in particular, while the Jesus film was being shown, uh, and toward the end where, uh, you know, it had talked about the healing power that Jesus had and the, all the good things that he did, and as it was approaching the time where uh, he was captured and tortured, this man became very agitated by that. And, and he really was, uh, you know, tapping the woman next to him and saying, hey, what, you know, why is this going on? And so I, you know, that, that kind of uh, thing is why we were there, you know, to share that story and to, and to help them come to know uh, the value of, of knowing Jesus and the great sacrifice that he made for us so that we can all be here together and, and, and share and know this love. Well, while we were there, we ate very well. Um, <laughs> one of the places that we went to, um, you'll see the gentleman there who is actually cooking. He was our bus driver. And so we didn't see him for a little while, and I thought, well, we're, he must have left and went somewhere else. But he was back there cooking, and so that's um, rice that he's boiling there, and he's covering it with uh, uh, plantain leaves. Okay, next. So that evening, um, we got called into the house, and they had prepared for us um, rice and some chicken, and those are fried plantains. Um, people liked them. I wasn't real fond of them, but <laughs> I thought they were bananas. I was expecting something really sweet, and I bit in into, into it, and what a surprise. Um, <laughs> we had breakfast every morning at that hotel, um, and that was really good, too. But, and we had the same thing over and over and over again. So what we would have for breakfast is scrambled eggs, and sometimes you got a pepper in it. Sometimes you might have gotten an onion. Sometimes you got eggs. Um, and then the little round thing in the middle, it's a fried corn cake, and it's very corn cake. <laughs> and um, the bread, it's a fried bread, and the first time I'd ever had it was when I went to um, the Gallup New Mexico trip, and they were making fried bread. So um, fortunately, I knew what it was, um, and since it wasn't a tortilla, but it was fried bread, my eggs went into it like a tortilla. <laughs> and it was really very good. On the last day, they um, maybe they had it the whole time, but I found some honey, put it on that corn cake, and yum. So four, four corn cakes later that I didn't eat. I wish I knew why there was honey. <laughs> Next slide. Oh, we're done. So 
this slide, we're leaving the village, and this is, we're on our way home, and all of the kids ran down to wave and say goodbye to us. And so that's a little tiny little trail, and then a big trail that goes up to the village, and there we are kind of like trying to jump inside of the boat without knocking it over. <laughs> and, then, and then we drove off, so, and it was, a, it was a great goodbye from the little kids. in all this right we did and uh, wow what a great return on whatever investment we weighed whether whether through dollars we gave or the prayers we prayed or the supplies we brought or whatever we did what I mean there's no greater investment in the world and no greater return than the investment we made and thanks for representing us and doing a great job of it and um what a great presentation. How exciting to hear about all those who came to know Jesus Christ as Savior um, through the efforts that these and Maxima team made. Yeah. Aren't you glad you were able to be a part of this today? All right. Well, guess what? Uh, the same mission that they went on is our mission right where we live. Really? Yeah. And uh, God has called us. We may not take a film to somebody. But we're still, still, still supposed to be missionaries right where we live. I'm going uh, to pray and then uh, we'll dismiss you today, all right? Thank you, Father, for these wonderful stories. Just for us to be a part of this mission trip, not only through our investment that we made, but through what was shared today as we could kind of, in some way, maybe kind of vicariously put ourselves in the place of those who went and experienced what it was like to be in those villages right on that boat or on that bus, to eat the foods that were there, but most of all, to sit and watch as people um, took part in the story of Jesus. And, you know, Bob talked about this man who became agitated when it got to the part about what Jesus went through, dying on the cross, you know, I've heard stories before of just people weeping out loud during that portion to recognize the suffering, the death of Jesus Christ, and He did it for them and for all of us. And so thank you. Thank you, Father, for the good work you did among those people and in the hearts of ours as they shared. I pray, Father, that we will be challenged anew to be missionaries right where we live. It's not just about what happens in the walls of the church. More importantly, it's what happens outside the walls of the church. May we be faithful to your call on each of our lives. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you all for being here today. You are dismissed.